Hey, what's going on, coffee people? This is your host, Ethan Essig, and I am bringing you episode number three today, a nice conversation with Alex Merrill at Hammerhand Coffee in Liberty, Missouri. Alex recently started roasting roughly eight months ago, I believe, if I'm counting correctly. He is uh, making some great coffee in Liberty, expanding, growing. Uh, few people have as great a branding as this guy has worked to come up with. So we sat down in the loft section of his coffee shop on the Liberty Square, and it was a great conversation. It takes a little bit to warm up, so just be aware of that. But, you know, we talk about the struggles of opening up a small business and then um, how to expand and grow that. And now you can hear my cat in the background. I feel like that adds, um, you know, a little bit of honesty to the podcast, if that even makes sense, but whatever. All right, so here's the episode. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for stopping by and supporting coffee people. Here you go. And we're recording. Alex, how's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you? Oh, I'm living the dream. My name is Ethan. I don't know. Never mind. I'm not going to do the name. I've already done an intro. I just talked about how I was going to mess this up. But okay, so anyway, I'm here hanging out with Alex at Hammerhand Coffee. We are up in the loft area of his cafe, looking down on all of our favorite coffee people um, on a, the one nice day we've had here in Kansas City. And now it's going to go away to snow. It's actually already going away right now. I can't yeah, tell. It's getting Just by gloomy. Looking, it's getting colder. Yeah. And uh, it's probably not going to be great for your weekend sales, but. No. Also, I walked here because I didn't realize it was going to get cold, so. <laughs> Do you have a jacket? I have a hoodie. I did not bring a jacket. Just layer up in Hammerhand t shirts. Yeah. <laughs> be all right. So, um, since we last talked, you were the first person we did a. Uh, video interview with which uh i still have yet daniel if you're listening i don't know what's (laughs) up with the video i don't know where it's at so i apologize for that it's all right um but uh so since then when we started doing that you just started roasting now you've been on you need more coffee no i've had too much coffee already sorry i I was yawning lost its effect but um so you're now so how many months has it been uh i think it's been it's been almost six months if i'm recalling correctly resting cool so do you feel like you're getting more well known around the city for the roasting around around liberty yeah okay i I would say so a little bit you know i I think most pretty much all of our customers understand now that we roast um we're selling a decent amount of coffee in the... We're only in one hy um, We're selling a decent amount of coffee there. So yeah. I feel like roasting... Roasting... Not I feel like. Roasting has definitely been the right decision for us. Awesome. Um, you know, we, we saw the, the dip in quality that I expected because I went from yeah. using, you know, Counterculture, who is a huge roaster with 20 years of experience roasting amazing coffee to trying to do it myself. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like we were able to whip around pretty quick yeah um and then we have some coffees i'm pretty proud of right now so, yeah yeah i've enjoyed them that's good frequently hanging out <laughs> here so um but i mean 
you guys are. Now it feels more official, you know, even mm-hmm. going around talking to people around the city. They know who you are. They've tried the coffee. That's good. Because you're in Hy-Vee, Key Coffee, obviously your own shop, mm-hmm. and now Made in KC stores. I just received a uh, first order from Made in KC, like, just nice. now. So, yeah, I've been emailing back and forth with them, trying to get in there, so that's cool. We'll be... I'm assuming they're going to put us in their retail locations, not their cafe. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what... That's where you see most... Um, so what is your next, what's the uh, next place you hope to get in, whether it's like retail or an online? Oh, and obviously available at uh, Casey Coffee Collective. Right. <laughs> yes, obviously there. Um, yeah, we sell we sell coffee online, so we have our own website. Uh, we sell a little bit there, not too much, obviously, because most, most of our customers are local, so there's yeah. not a real reason for them to, you know, pay money for shipping when they can just come in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of tossing around where to focus my time now, um, whether it's on trying to get some more multi-roaster shops like Key. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to we're gonna try and keep uh, some really stellar coffees flowing in to see if we can't keep Key for a while. I know they hop around to different roasters. Yeah. Um, so we'll be there at least for a little bit. Um, or try and focus on getting more grocery stores. We have the one high beam. We're selling a decent amount of coffee there, but that's because it's here. Yeah. And all you know, half my customers shop there. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know how it would go if we were in grocery stores outside of Liberty. Um, but I, I, I'm gonna try and drop some samples off and talk to some buyers at different grocery stores and just kind of try it out and see how we do. Okay. Um, so how does that like how does that fit into your week now? So you run the shop, manage. Mm-hmm. How many employees do you have? Uh, six. Okay. So. You got the shop with customers, six employees, you do the roasting, Mm -hmm. and now you got to do the selling. Yeah, so added to my list of responsibilities is sourcing, roasting, packaging, selling, and delivering. Um, So it's a decent amount of stuff to add to the the docket. Um, Obviously, you know, I've only got... Uh, a few, you know, a handful of accounts. So delivery isn't that big of a deal yet. It probably will be if we get many more. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's gotten a little hectic. I've, I've, you know, my wife has been helping a lot. She'll come in on Wednesdays. I roast on Tuesdays. My wife will, um, come in on Wednesdays and, uh, help with packaging. Okay. Uh, so she'll spend a couple hours here bagging up coffees and uh, getting all the labels and everything on. Um. Which is definitely helpful. Um, and then Jordan has been helping me roast, so he'll, uh, he always opens on Tuesday. He'll pop in after his open shift. Um, and he, he's been doing all the roasting for our espresso, and that's been going really well. Um, so I've just kind of been trying to get him up to speed on, on everything. So I have the profile set, and he um, has been able to very effectively follow the profile um, for the two coffees we use for espresso. Um, but everything else, yeah, I've been doing. I'm, I'm not a natural-born salesman, I wouldn't say. So that's yeah. been kind of a new experience for me, trying to be all salesy and stuff. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think it's going well. You know, we've sent out samples, I would say, to like 15 places, and we've nabbed like, what, what would that be, three or four? Yeah. Um, which, I mean, 
it's pretty average i think for sales you know yeah you're gonna get said no or you're gonna you're gonna hear no a lot more than you hear yes yeah that's um, true well in the sales part i mean makes it easier that it's your creation yeah i guess it'd be different if it was like insurance hammer hand insurance yeah next business <laughs> um yeah i mean it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes just how far you've gone in you're what, approaching three years now yeah it's uh approaching two and a half we were we were started in october February, so that's yeah almost two and a half years yeah um so yeah i mean the the business has evolved a lot in those two and a half years for sure yeah um we really barely resemble the business that started yeah um which is pretty normal i mean you you start with an idea and then you kind of use your own ideas and your customers ideas of what they want to kind of form something new yeah um you know some of that process is painful uh, but i feel like we've been able to navigate it pretty well up until now yeah for sure i mean again i know i've said this a million times but just the same people and the amount of people that love to come hang out in here yeah you've definitely become the top choice on the square yeah and we you know we have a, a pretty uh well-established group of regulars which i'm really happy to see uh, people that we see every day and we're able to keep them happy and keep them coming back um i was certainly worried when we switched over from counterculture and oddly correct to our own, that we would lose some people. Yeah. Um, and I, if we have, I haven't noticed. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm, yeah, pretty happy. Well, I think even, I don't know, even for me personally, I, w I didn't even think about potential quality drop off. I was like, oh, they're going to make their own coffee now. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. So. Um, more people were probably excited just for that reason yeah then yeah you know. I, I think that was that was really it is people were excited just to have hammerhand as the brand yeah um they were excited to see coffee roasted in liberty they were excited to see us doing something new and uh, to be able to get something new from hammerhand so yeah. i think really that trumped any any if anyone had any concerns about quality um I think that their excitement for just having coffee roasted here was was more powerful than that. Yeah. So in the almost two and a half years, are you going to have a two and a half year old party celebration? No, probably not. We had a we had a f celebration for our first year. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we didn't do that for our second year. I think we did something. I don't even remember. Uh, maybe we'll do another party for our third year. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Reasonable for the third year, and then maybe do the fifth year. Maybe just do it on odd days. We'll, we'll, we'll do something for the fifth year for sure, because most small businesses fail in five years. So if we can yeah. make it to five years, I'll for sure do a party then. Yeah, yeah. Mm, definitely worth it. Well, I don't think you guys need to worry about that. But so uh, Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. My bad, my bad. <laughs> I guess I'm not, I shouldn't be the one. <laughs> so, reviewing the two and a half years, because a lot happened, has happened personally, right? You had a new baby, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, we have finally finally moved to Liberty. We've I'd been commuting from Lee Summit, which is like a 35-minute drive, so that sucked. That's, yeah. Um, so, I finally moved here, and obviously I walked here. So, I'm within walking distance now. 
Um, so it had a huge home renovation, had a baby. Yeah. That's a party. Yeah. So how, how is having like a baby and then a baby business? It's hard. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah. No, no sugarcoating it. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, you know, this requires a lot of time and attention. Uh, so does having kids and a family. So yeah. it, it is certainly hard to balance, especially when, um, I don't have, I have a partner in this obviously, uh, but he's not involved in the operations in any way. So mm-hmm. for the most part, everything falls to me. Uh, mm-hmm. and that does, you know, there are definitely times where that is pretty stressful there. I have more things to do than I have hours in the day. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's doable for sure, but you do have to have the support of your family. They have to be on board with what you're doing for it to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, it's like everyone wants to say that, you know, they want to do their own thing, start their own thing, but it's like, <laughs> you do like enjoy leaving when it's dark for work and mm-hmm. then getting home when it's dark sometimes like you have to just be okay with that you have to yeah and you have to be okay understanding that you know if you open a coffee shop when someone is sick you have to work yeah like there's no ifs ands or buts like if you wake up in the morning and you you check your phone and someone didn't show up to work you gotta throw some pants on and go open the shop because it's closed right now and if you don't open it it doesn't open yeah uh, so it, I mean it, and it's it's not really something you can explain to people. I don't think because I yeah. understood those things sort of before I did this, but it's different when it's real. Like, yeah, when you're actually there, you're with your family trying to do something, and you get a call that the toilet's overflowing and there's like poop water all over the floor, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, okay, I guess I have to go. Yeah, uh, just you have no choice. Um. So it's, you know, it's rewarding in a lot of ways, obviously, uh, but it is very taxing. Um, it's not easy. No, not easy at all. What What would you give as some advice um, for anybody thinking about starting to roast their own coffee or start up like a coffee shop? Um, I mean, if I could go back, I mean, advice I would give myself is learn to roast and start roasting from day one. Yeah, it's a much better financial decision. Um, you know, honestly, like if, if I'm having a moment of honesty here, um, if we hadn't decided to roast coffee when we did, it is questionable whether or not we would have made it to this point. Okay. Um, you know, we've had some some rough times, um, yeah. and I, th- looking at our our profit and loss sheets, I. I don't. We, maybe we could have made it work. I don't know, but I. I don't know how it would have happened. Yeah. Um. It's just it's much easier and much less stressful to roast from the beginning because your your cost of goods is a lot lower, and it's just easier to make cash flow work. Yeah. Uh, when you you know you're not paying so much for the stuff you're selling. Um, roasting from the beginning. Um. Having having management experience would have been really nice. I went from yeah. being a barista to owning a coffee shop. So there's a lot of learn, like a lot of lessons I had to pay for with money. Yeah. Uh, because I made mistakes where I could have done those things on someone else's dime, um, as a manager and made those mistakes there. Um, learn accounting or get an accountant. 
What do you use now? QuickBooks or QuickBooks? Yeah, um, but I. Anyone who understands accounting is going to think that I'm really stupid when I say this, but I just thought QuickBooks was like a thing. You just entered your information, and then QuickBooks did the QuickBooks thing, and yeah. everything was automatically done for you. And then our accountant, after the first year, was like, "No, QuickBooks is a tool that you use to do your accounting." And I said, "Oh, yeah." And then we paid thousands and thousands of dollars for an accountant to go through and fix all of the things that I screwed up. Yeah. So that was that was one of those lessons that I paid for with money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the those are the fun things about starting a business where you're just like, huh, oh, that was shit. stupid. Okay, like, it, especially now, like um, even for KC Coffee Collective, I was like, you know, I didn't plan ahead for um, the bill being due for hosting our website domain. Even that, it's just like, well, shit. Yep. Those little things that you're like, okay, well, uh, yeah, that happens all the time. time where you know I'll I'll look and be like, oh wait, we have twelve thousand dollars of bills due yeah. next week. Yeah, how did they all come at the same time? Why didn't I know that was going to happen? Yeah, and I feel like I should have known, and I probably should have known. Yeah, for sure. But I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like sometimes that's just how it works, and that's that's a okay. Yeah, it's just the process of it all. Um, so now you kind of been through all that stuff. Um, what would you like, like in a perfect world, like, let's say at the five year mark, what would you want your role to be in Hammerhand? Well, I mean, you know, when you start a business, you generally do it for one of two reasons, because you like, you like what you're doing and you want to create your own place where you can do that. Yeah. Or you create an exit strategy where you're like, I want to own this business, but I where I can oversee everything, where I can, you know, hire people on and train them to roast in the way that we roast and I'll obviously be a quality control um manager or something. Yeah. Um I'll be overseeing all of that, but uh, hopefully at the 5 year mark I will no longer be like getting up at six and throwing on pants to come open the shop because someone's alarm didn't go off. Yeah. Um, maybe that's, maybe that will still happen, but yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would like to take more of a backseat role and just kind of, um, dream and, uh, imagine, you know, new things for us to be doing and, and come up with, you know, innovations and, and new products. And, um, I don't know just experience experiment with how to grow the company as opposed yeah. to you know being here and fixing espresso machines and making coffee and doing all the day-to-day stuff yeah do you uh so is it anybody like on your current staff like their goal to kind of help be that guy for you or girl or um not that they've expressed to me no oh, okay. um Maybe some people have that idea that I just haven't, like, said it out loud to me. Yeah. Um, but we've got some great people on staff. You know, I have... Uh, Riley has been helping me um, with some managerial tasks, and she okay. has expressed that she... Uh, it seems like she wants to stay on for a while, and it's great. She's been very helpful um, mm-hmm. doing some inventory and um, some, like, supply pickups, and we're, like, out of random things. We need to, like, go to Hy-Vee and 
yeah. grab something. Um, so that's been very helpful, having people on board to do that. Uh, but aside from that, no, not that anyone has told me. Yeah. Well, I envision somehow that'll happen whenever you have a warehouse and all those good things. Yeah, I mean, obviously, hopefully, uh, I suppose I should knock on wood again when I say this. Yeah. Hopefully we won't be in this building yeah. uh, in another two and a half years. Yeah. But who knows? We could be. We were supposed to be in this building for nine months, and we're two and a half years in. So. Oh, where were you going to go after nine months? We had the very optimistic idea that the new building would be up. Oh. Um. Uh, so for anyone listening who doesn't know, our building collapsed uh, shortly before we were supposed to open. Um, and we thought that it would just fly right back up. And it's been about three years almost since that building collapsed. So obviously it did not fly back up. Um, it's going to be at least another year and a half or two years from now before it's back. So are you for sure wanting to go over there once it... As as sure as I can be now, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's in the future, so I really have no idea. It it all depends on the details, but um, we've we've already outgrown this yeah. space. So whether we go all the way to a new space or not, we're gonna need a secondary space for roasting. Either way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what I would guess is like the next big thing because you're already pretty maxed out. Yeah, our roasting room is extremely small. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. the machine looks great. Machine looks nice in that tiny room. Yeah. Um, so would you want, like when you think about growing, is it mostly wholesale business or, or do you think, I'd like to have five camera hands around? Well, the, the initial idea was to open multiple shops first and then roast. Um, Having never done business before, I didn't really realize how much overhead there is to running a shop yeah. and how immense the risk is of opening a second one. Yeah. Because um, we've been in talks several times and very close, we, we came very close a couple times to actually opening a second location already. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that would have been a, a disaster and I think that okay. that would have done us in. And it, we would not be even close to the first company that opened another location too quick and then went out of business. Yeah. Uh, because they didn't realize how much money it takes. And, yeah. you know, we we aren't generating the numbers in this shop that would make me comfortable potentially losing thousands of dollars a month trying to open a new one. Yeah. Um, you know, that could easily do us in. So I think my ideas are changing to where I would like to grow our wholesale business first to where I have a very comfortable cushion of monthly income yeah. to then open an you know, one or two more locations and be okay if they don't make money for a while. That's really a, a much wiser way to go about it. Yeah. Um, so I do think you'll see more hammer hands in the future. Uh, I'm just no longer really in a hurry for that yeah. to happen. Because it's like always when when you kick something off, it's like, oh, yeah, and then you want to, like, write then in there, and then it's like... Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I have friends, and there's there's also some, you know, ego involved for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have friends that own coffee companies, uh, and they're opening other locations and doing cool stuff. And I'm like, well, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to suppress my own ego in that decision. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of, like, Hammerhand. We have, you know, three shops around the Kansas City area and all these wholesale accounts. But, you know, you have to you have to wait to grow into those things. If you try and do them too quickly, yeah. um, you'll shoot yourself in the foot maybe there is like a broadway 
could be like a shine or an example for you guys just like the taking it slow go with the roll take it slow forever yeah so it ain't broke don't fix it yeah (laughs) i love that place actually i go there i love that place i I used to go there all the time i obviously don't have as much time to go sit at other coffee shops anymore but i do i do go out there occasionally and yeah hang out there that i mean there's something to that vibe once you hit where you want to be then they're like this is what we do yep hope you like it so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit more humbling than wanting to grow, grow, grow. Yeah. Okay, so ha- I would imagine that the most fun, like, the fun part about roasting and probably this thing that's come back into your life now is, like, the creative aspect. Yeah, it is It is really fun getting to just look out at the, just the vast amount of coffee there is out there to buy um you know i could have like a thousand samples of different coffees here next week if i wanted to and it's just crazy how much good coffee there is to be had just talking to all these roasters it's overwhelming Mm -hmm. like i'm like holy shit yeah and like right now i'm i'm only buying from three importers yeah currently and i still there's still an overwhelming amount of choice yeah um and there's hundreds of importers i could be buying from um it's it's crazy how much good coffee there is and yeah so it's really fun you know being able to select instead of looking at you know the website of a roaster and seeing five choices Mm -hmm. i can look at my importers and i can have a hundred choices and i can just order a bunch of samples and um decide hey you know i like this kenya peaberry i think we could get some really great like intense uh sweet and bright flavors out of this let's go with that one yeah um there's some risk involved because you know you're buying a lot of coffee all at once and if it sucks and you can't get the importer to take it back then you're you know you've got hundreds if not thousands of dollars of um subpar coffee on your hands yeah um but yeah it is fun it's it's the first time in a long time that i've done something coffee related that is entirely new you know i've been a barista for like 10 years so for the most part, I've encountered every possible barista situation. Yeah. Um, coffee roasting, I had never touched a coffee roaster before the one arrived here. Um, so it is pretty fun getting to, humbling and fun, yeah. getting to uh, try something entirely new. <laughs> is there, um, what, what are you looking forward to experimenting with next? Um... So for our uh, grocery line, we're doing blends of coffee. We just a very basic, a light roast, a medium roast, and a dark roast blend. And being in specialty coffee, all I've ever really done is medium to light, single origin coffees. That's like what every specialty coffee shop, that's all you have is like yeah, delicious, amazing, medium light roast, single origin coffees. So... To me, blends and dark roasts are obviously not new. Yeah. But to me, they're new. Like it's it's kind of it's funny, you know, being involved in coffee so long, doing something that is so basic as like a dark roast blend seems adventurous to me. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of crazy as like a you know new wave coffee person to be like, I'm gonna do a dark roast. It feels like you're being bold and stepping yeah. outside the box when really that's like 
half the roast on the grocery store shelf say the same thing. Yeah, that's like what um, the the coffee for the masses. Yeah, and it, but it's you know trying to figure out a way that I can do because I know people that go shop at the grocery store that's what they want. Yeah, and so I'm trying to figure out if there's a way that I can provide that for them in a way that is maybe more quality focused than other coffees they're buying. Um, see if I can meet a price point that they will find acceptable. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough part too is, you know, people who buy dark roasts at grocery stores don't really have a grasp of what coffee even is. Yeah. And so when they see my bag on the shelf for $12 or $11 or whatever the store has a price at, they think that's crazy expensive. Whereas I think $11 for a 12 ounce bag of coffee is really cheap. Yeah. And it is really cheap. It's too cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes on in, in getting coffee from the farm processed to the U.S., roasted, packaged. You know, there's just a lot of hands that touch it. Yeah. But people don't understand that. So meeting, you know, meeting the price point is is difficult. Uh, but it's just another fun challenge to figure out if, if there's a way that I can find a balance between the price they're looking for and the quality, you know, my yeah. quality standards that I'm not really willing to fall below. I think so. Yeah. Because... It also does, because normally they would buy like, well, like a caribou medium roast or yeah. Starbucks medium mm-hmm. roast. And just hopefully like going along with that local field, they can jump up three extra dollars. Hopefully. Yeah. And I mean, in the Liberty Hy-Vee, I think we've been able to do that because people know who we are. Um, yeah. It will certainly be more difficult in other, other grocery stores outside of Liberty just yeah. because we... We obviously aren't going to have the brand recognition. No one, no one knows who we are except for yeah. coffee people. Um, yeah. Yeah, I will say though, you probably have the best looking bag. We spent some time on it, and I paid a lot of money for it. So I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you think that. Yeah. I mean, truthfully though, I mean, yeah, it looks cool. We do. I mean, we spend money on branding. I think it's important. I I went to design school. Um, yeah. So you know I understand the role branding plays i understand the importance of it um i wasn't very good at it which is why i didn't do it myself yeah um but it at least gave me a really good appreciation of how important branding is yeah so we do we do put some money in in there well that was when i first came to you with the subscription idea that was what we talked about Mm -hmm. was the branding and that's where like the vast majority of money went yeah so yeah, branding and packaging. That's that's how you get sales. Yeah. I have to get some money in the packaging piece. I kind of went less expensive there. Okay, I need to pretty it up. Yeah, the the boxes, custom boxes can get pretty expensive for They're shipping. They're unreasonably expensive. That's what we you know, we're we're shipping, we're doing online sales and I went to go get some custom boxes and I was like, I'm not going to pay $3 for a box. <laughs> yeah. Ship one bag of coffee in? No. I'm at to like if I do that at the volume we're at right now, I mean, we're losing money for sure. Yeah. Yeah, people don't realize how expensive packaging and shipping is. People at home, packaging and shipping is really expensive. It is. To ship so. one bag of coffee, the box costs me my blank box cost me a buck 25. And then the shipping cost me like $6.30. Like the subscription services that are like $14, I'm mm-hmm. like... I don't know how you do it. It must be either dirt coffee or I don't know. Like, yeah. I just, I can't even... So even there are brands out there that offer free shipping. 
Yeah. I, I don't. We. I, I don't cut get it in that half. either. I cut it in half, and I do three dollar flat rate, and I just, I just eat. That's what we do is, um, just depending because it's like a quarter of our customers don't even live in Kansas City, <laughs> so we do five dollar flat rate. But, um, yeah, it's at, at low volume. It's just interesting doing that and getting that yeah done. and that 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 really is the key is volume you know when you're when you're selling coffee whether it's bags of coffee or cups of coffee yeah. it's a low dollar item so you have to sell a ton of it to make any money yeah. i mean you have to sell hundreds of cups of coffee a day at a coffee shop to make any money yeah um i also would tell someone who's wanting to open their own coffee shop that is yeah. you have to sell hundreds of cups of coffee every day yeah. to make any money at all yeah it uh, there, are, there are some coffee shops around that I'm just like I don't, how, I, I don't know how. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I look at our profit and loss, and I, I look at other coffee shops that are slower, and I, yeah, like what do you? How is it possible? Are you, maybe they're just not paying themselves. Yeah, it, that is entirely possible. Yeah, because uh, you know we struggle to make it, but I, I am also able to pay myself and my staff. Which yeah. is it, at least in itself is somewhat of an accomplishment that we're able oh, to for sure. for pay sure. our, our distributors, pay our staff, pay myself. Yeah. Um, well, like, I mean, in young businesses, that's like the, you know, it's always like the scary stories are, and then I realize I might not make payroll this week. Oh, that happens all the time. I've skipped my own paycheck a number of times. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm able to pay myself. Payroll payroll week is always terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. It's like you look uh, at that and you're like... Every other Thursday, I know payroll comes out, and Wednesday is always really stressful just making sure we're going to make yeah. it. Well, especially for here, like if all the bad weather, yeah. that I, I'm sure that's made you more stressed with payroll. Well, yes. I guess the only thing that maybe helps is now you don't have to pay for as much coffee and you have some wholesale. Yeah, accounts. I mean, that that helps too. Um, you know, I don't have to try and predict a week in advance yeah. for my coffee order. I just roast what we need that week. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's I definitely the other have more thing. flexibility there. But yeah, the weather, the weather plays a huge role. Yeah. Because uh, we don't have a parking lot. Yeah. Also, that. Yeah. Another thing, if you're going to open a coffee shop in the Midwest, you need a parking lot. Have a parking lot. You have a parking lot. If you can get a drive-thru, get a drive-thru. I never yeah. thought I would say that. If you, can, <laughs> if you can have a drive-thru, you should do it because yeah. that will make your life a lot less stressful. Hey, location number two. Yeah. But I would say this particular shop, I mean, it is kind of part of the vibe. Yeah, that's that's the, the catch-22 is yeah. like you come in here and it's a very idyllic yeah. small-town coffee shop. You know, yeah. like it's got the tall ceilings, big windows corner spot on a historic square yeah it feels like what it should feel like yeah but from a dollars and cents standpoint this was a terrible choice yeah yeah <laughs> terrible choice yes there's only street parking uh and people in the midwest do not like to walk no so we have a parking lot one block away yeah and people won't park in it yep because it feels like it's a long walk if it makes you feel better i have parked there I yeah I I moved here bef- shortly before I opened Hammerhand. I was living in Philadelphia and I truly underestimated how, people's hatred of walking. Yeah, I walked well, everywhere. I guess it's true. You went. Yeah, you probably walked everywhere. I literally walked everywhere. We only had one car, and my wife had to take it because yeah. she went across town for school. She was yeah. in school then, 
And so I walked, I, it was over a mile to my job and it wasn't a thing. Like I didn't even think about it. Yeah. I just, I walked. If it was really bad, I took the subway. <laughs> but for the most part, I just walked. So then, yeah, where everyone here just drives. Yeah, and does and not see, get out of the car. We have car customers if here that will say they'll circle the square once, and if there's not parking on our side of the square, they leave. Yeah, it happens all the time. On their on your side, so that's just yeah. Like no, they won't park on the other side. Half the square. Yeah, no, it's it's a big deal actually. It's it's a big deal. Um, anything I can do to encourage a parking lot over by the new building. Yeah, I will do because I would, I would probably murder someone for a parking lot if I had the opportunity. <laughs> I would probably do it. I would take the risk. <laughs> well, uh, just let me know before you do, and I'll take this podcast down. Okay, so the proof is I gone. Can try and avoid the self-incrimination. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's how much you care about Hammerhand and people I would having risk your coffee. Prison forever. Yeah sacrifice that's true love of a business well uh i think we want to do some bit overarching coffee questions and then a little rapid fire series sure okay overarching one so and this is one that i've been asking people because i think it's interesting so as a coffee person been you know it is your craft, whether mm-hmm. it's barista bar, whether it's roasting, um, whether it's the story of where you're getting your beans from. Mm-hmm. So if you could pick like what you would want the message to the consumer to be, what would, what would you want that to be? Message to the consumer about what Hammerhand is? Or? Yeah, just about Hammerhand or just the coffee experience overall. Not even just here, but just... I I have been contemplating even doing an advertising series on on what coffee is and where it comes from. Yeah. I I would I would want people to understand how many people are involved in getting them their cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, hundreds of hands are involved in, you know, our coffees are all hand picked. Yeah. And so farmers hire pickers to go out and only select ripe cherries. They then go through another round of picking to pick out any defects. Um, the processing is meticulous. The packaging is meticulous. They're very meticulous about how about transparency and making sure they keep different lots of coffee and different varieties separate. Um, I just would want people to understand what the process is like yeah. of getting coffee to here and how much it matters. And that is why coffee costs what it does. Because people ask, you know, why the coffee here is so expensive. Well, that's why. Like, I pay a lot for the coffee because I know yeah. how much value that is yeah um so really i guess it would be that i would try and i just want people to understand yeah how much is involved the whole story yeah the whole story of coffee from from seed to yeah to cup that's that's similar to a lot of answers that i get yeah like it's tough you know people don't People go into a grocery store to buy a bag of coffee, and they don't really know what they're buying. And yeah. that's it's understandable. I don't know where they would have learned that. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's tough when someone's in that store. I'm not there to talk to them about it. Yeah. So there's no real way for me to communicate to them, hey, this is why my bag of coffee is more expensive than every other bag of coffee on the shelf. 
yeah. because I'm buying coffee that's better than all of those. Yeah. Um, it's just like, it's pretty much like any other art form. I mean, whether it's like a photograph and it's like, don't you just like get out of your car and take that? Or it's like, no, I hiked three days right. and, you know, whatever to uh, accomplish that or a painting or so on and so on. But yeah, there's always that disconnect. Yeah. Hey, hopefully that this podcast will help that a little bit. Anybody listening? Coffee is a fruit. Yes. And it grows in tropical regions. It takes a lot of people to harvest it. Don't be afraid of paying a lot for your coffee. Yeah. Coffee should cost more than a dollar for a cup. That it should. And once you get great coffee, and then if you go and try... I, was in a, I stayed in an Airbnb this last weekend, and I opened the door with some folders, and I was like, shit. <laughs> and my father-in-law made me a cup of... I was over at his house for the holidays, and yeah. got up in the morning, and he made me a cup of the Green Mountain, yeah. whatever it is, uh, K-cups. Oh. Um, and you were just like... Wow. I actually, it was probably a similar reaction to someone who went from that to nice coffee. good coffee. Yeah. Their thought process would be like, I didn't know coffee could taste like this. My thought process was actually yeah. very similar. Yeah. I did not realize coffee could taste like this. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> funny. But, you know, look at Owen running out there. Um, man, it really did get shitty outside. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to walking home, actually. Yeah. This is not going to be a great weekend. Okay, so listen to that, people. The whole story of coffee. All right. So we'll do the rapid fire. Okay. What is the rapid fire going to be? Here we go. All right. One favorite Kansas City coffee besides Hammerhand. Two. Shit. What's your favorite color? Okay. Okay. And then... Three, what is your favorite bag of coffee you've ever roasted? So one, um, it's it's supposed to be rapid fire, so I'm probably supposed to answer really fast. Well, I asked super slow for <laughs> rapid fire questions. So. I don't know. It's hard to say. It depends on why I'm choosing. I mean, I go to post, I'll, I go to post as often as I can just because I'm friends with those guys and I really like going. Yeah. Um, so post, I'm super comfortable there. Um, I always have an interesting experience at Oddly. That sounds bad. I always have an interesting cup of coffee when I go to Oddly. Yeah. They've always got something really crazy on bar. Yeah. Um, so that's my answer, I guess. Okay. Um, Oddly in post? Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. Um, what was the second question? Second question, what's oh, your favorite, favorite color? color? Emerald, obviously, emerald. because it's the color of hammer hands. Oh, okay. Um, well, we have two. We have, like, emerald and teal. So okay. uh, maybe we'll say teal. All right, teal it is. It's everywhere in here. It's true. Branding, man. That makes sense. <laughs> um, You're so dedicated that it's become your favorite color. Yeah. It was actually... I'm, that's what I'm going to say, at least. <laughs> so, <laughs> when I'm being recorded. And then third question was, what's your favorite bag of coffee you've ever roasted? Ever roasted? Probably the Coringa Peaberry, what we've got okay. on right now. Um, crazy, fruity... Yeah. Uh, big flavors, really interesting. Um, super happy with it because 
it's not very often I have a Kenyan that doesn't taste at least a little bit like broth or tomato yeah. paste. Yeah. Um, they've all got that really savory, deep, maybe sometimes spicy uh, overtones. Yeah. Um, this one doesn't really. It's just delicious, sweet, bright. It's great. I love it. Awesome. Uh, you can get it at Key Coffee and Hammerhand for the next like two weeks. It's going to go away. We're so I can't on. tell you that you'll receive it in a subscription box from the KC Coffee Collection. However, we are getting uh, 250 pounds of the Kiawa Mururu pea berry. Okay. In two so weeks. maybe if you sign up soon that. enough, you can get that. <laughs> there you go. All right, Alex. Well, thank you for your time. I'm sure we'll do this again. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to learn more about Alex and the team at Hammerhand, just go to hammerhand.coffee. If you want to receive some Hammerhand coffee, make sure and go to kccoffeecollective.co where you can subscribe and get some. So we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting these people to make the coffee world go round. And make sure, support your local roasters. Have a great day.